Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Peter Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and the, uh, well, the captain of quality... Olives, I don't know. I'm the officer of olives. No, the officer, the, oh gosh, the ombudsman of olive oil. There we go. Got one. Hey, hope you're having a great Saturday night. Welcome to uh, summer. Uh, we are still moving through this, well, the, the rest of COVID. Uh, you know, we, we'll look for a new one, I guess. COVID-20 is coming. <laughs> we got, I'm surprised they actually called it COVID-19 here in 2020. That's going to confuse everybody. That means, you know, 21, we're going to have 20, et cetera. But, uh, you know, ways to stay healthy. Uh, again, hygiene, social distancing, uh, covering your cough, uh, washing your hands, don't touch your face, and eating right. Drinking in moderation, enjoying all the cool vices of the world in moderation. Uh, but one thing I'm pretty sure you can actually overindulge on is something called olive oil. And I've always been curious about olive oil. I've grown up, grown up in kitchens, uh, you know, working at the Alexis Hotel back when I was uh, just a 17-year-old high school kid, uh, working with great chefs and understanding the role of clarified butter, butter, unsalted butter, olive oil, and even some of that uh, circling spray. Um I have an expert, well, a sensory evaluation expert. Her name is Orietta Johnny Orio, and she's down in Napa Valley. I met her at the uh, CIA Sommelier Summit um, in Napa, and she was hosting a little olive oil presentation. Of course, we had honey there, and she's a former sommelier, or current sommelier, but really a, pro- a professional in the olive oil world, and actually everything sensory of honey and chocolate and I'm super excited. I have lots of questions about the world of olive oil, how it's processed, what these terms mean, you know, what kind of olives they use, and what's best, what kind of olive oils for best dishes, for cooking, for salads, for, you know, and, and understanding, you know, which olive oil country actually has great olive oil. And I understand the United States is on its way. So, without further ado, Orietta, Johnny Orio, welcome to Happy Hour Radio. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm great. It's a Saturday night. It's summertime in Seattle, and uh, this is the time we live for. We put up with all the eight, the eight, nine weeks of gray and gloom, <laughs> and then we we get our three three months of uh, sunny blue skies and uh, sunshine and freedom. So uh, I am great. How is Napa Valley right now? Oh, Napa Valley is great. We're trying to get back into normality and, uh, you know, get some people into the wineries and uh, sell some wine. Fantastic. Well, that's what we're all hoping for, get back uh, into the, the life we are so accustomed to, of course, with some changes. But let's talk about you. Um, Orietta Johnny Orio, you are a sensory evaluation expert. Tell me about your journey in this particular niche of a profession. Well, I started with wine about 20 years ago when I became a psalm, and uh, I love the wine industry. It's my first, uh, my first love, but I also realized very soon that in the wine industry, you can talk about wine or you can sell wine, and I wanted to do something a little bit more meaningful for me, so I got involved into becoming a sensory expert of olive oil and start working on labeling system and quality standards and consumers' protection. After that, I did the same for honey. I'm one of the only two people in America to have a sensory certification in honey, and I'm working with the Honey and Pollination Center at the 
University of California in Davis for labeling system quality and protection of consumers. And I'm now moving into the chocolate industry, trying to do the same for labeling system and so on and so forth. So I'm focusing mainly on sensory evaluation for consumer protection. Oh, interesting. I like it. Uh, and I know that uh, the uh, the Pollination Center, wasn't it right? I always love that name. Uh, I met that lovely yeah. lady, the director there down uh, at CIA. I uh, know. She was on your show. Yes, she was. Uh, really super cool. I really dig honey, of course. Honey. That's right. And honey is uh, the product of uh, pollination, which we need to survive in this agricultural world moving forward. But um, let's talk about olives. Um uh, when I think of olive oil, what, what was the first olive oil produced or discovered? Well, uh, production of olive oil dates back to thousands of years ago in the area of Syria, Persia, and Turkey. And after that, it went to the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, expanded into all the Roman Empire, so all Europe. And then it arrived in California around 1786, very much like the first great varietal that arrived in the area of Los Angeles, same for olives. And in fact, the first olive orchard to appear was in the area of San Diego, and the olive varietal that arrived was the Mission. <laughs> Identical name to the wine varietal that arrived in the same area around the same time. Right. So we had the uh, the missionaries coming up and to, pre- to preach and Correct. spread uh, Christianity. Of course, they needed wine to host their sacraments. And that was the mission grape, which was founded all throughout uh, California and uh, Upper Mexico. Um, it's interesting. Uh, how many varieties of olives are there, or cultivars, I guess you say, right? This is the right term. Cultivars yes, of olives correct. in the world. How many are there? There are about 2,000 cultivars. Some are only to make olive oil. Some are olive for table olives, and others are dual purposes. Okay. Um, and so when I think about olives, the first thing that comes to mind are the black olives we find in a can at the store, <laughs> the ones we find on pizzas, <laughs> yeah. and then the other ones are the ones I find in martinis. <laughs> Tell me, which olives yeah, are those? So, What's the black one? So here's the thing. Every olive starts green, then it goes into purple, and then it goes into black. It's a different stage of ripeness for all olives. Interesting. When we think of an olive, I know that we talk about wine grapes. We talk about, obviously, uh, veraison changing from green to to the color of the grape and and having acid and sugar and tannin. Um, what, What are sort of the properties of an olive? So the olive goes from green to purple to black. And in that time, it grows flavor profile very similar to the grape, but it also grows phenols content. Phenols, as you know, Chris, are antioxidants. They are the excuse why we drink wine. (laughs) Uh, But in the world of olive oil, they really uh, are very important because the reason why olive oil is a good fat is because of the phenols, the antioxidants. Oleocantal, squalene, and tocopherols, these are the three main antioxidants in olive oil. Interesting. So when I think of an olive oil, at green, is is there acid in an olive oil or is there uh, no, sugar or f- what, 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 tannin? 
Well, uh, there's no tenants, there's no, uh, there's no asset. In fact, when people from the wine industry come into the olive oil industry, that word asset that is so used in the world of, of wine, it's something that we really need to change in the world of olive oil because free fatty acid is the fingerprint of high-quality extra virgin olive oil. Lower the free fatty acid, higher the quality of extra virgin olive oil. So you see how if you talk about an olive oil being acidic, that doesn't really go because in fact that would mean that that olive oil is of low quality. So um, in that term, when we talk about olive oil, we talk more about peppery, bitter, a little spicy, and then flavor profile similar as what you do with wine. Okay, so we would talk perhaps... uh... Uh, let's see, perhaps like a radish or stone fruits or citrus. We don't use those terms. Give me some descriptors for olive oil. Good olive oil. So for (laughs) olive oil, we would use grassy, herbaceous, green almond, uh, tomato leaves, stone fruit. But then when it comes to the mouthfeel, we would talk, or to taste, we would talk about bitterness and pungency. All of those antioxidants that I listed earlier, they all will taste to one degree or another more bitter or less bitter, more pungent or less pungent. And remember, Chris, every time you have an olive oil that is bitter and pungent, that's that means that that olive oil is high in antioxidants, full of those beautiful phenols content. So you do want an olive oil to be robust, bitter, and spicy. Interesting. Well, let's talk about some of the grades or the levels of olive oil. I know that maple syrup has grades, dairy has grades, and um, let's talk about, I know there's a Robusto, and it's, coffee has grades too, I guess. So tell me about the grades of olive oil. So these What you're saying, mild, medium, and robust, these are the style of olive oil, very much like the style of wine, like full body, medium body, light body, exactly the same. So these are more the style. A mild olive oil, it's an olive oil that is a little bit more buttery, more nutty, maybe with flavor profile of stone fruit. The robust olive oil, as I was saying earlier, it's more grass more green almonds, more bitter, and definitely more spicy. Now, when you talk about grades of olive oil, by law, in California, since 2014, we have an extra virginity law. So now, extra virgin is a legal term. Those grades of olive oil are, in fact, uh, extra virgin or virgin or lampante, and it's really confusing for a lot of people. To make it really simple, your listeners have to focus only on one grade, extra virgin olive oil. (laughs) Because only extra virgin olive oil, it's an olive oil that is produced with olives, extracted without chemicals, and not mixed with any other oils. And once it's been produced, it goes through a laboratory testing and a sensory evaluation tasting. So the only olive oil I want you guys to buy is extra virgin olive oil. And that's a term that is universal in the world? Everybody has the same understanding? 
It's a term that is universal, although California standards, together with Australian standards, are a little tighter than other standards in the world. For instance, free fatty acids for us are 0.05%. In Europe, 0.08%. And as I told you earlier, the lower the free fatty acids, the, the higher the quality of extra virgin olive oil. So actually here in California, we have really, really tight standards. How far would that go? I mean, is there a 0.01% fatty acids? I mean, is there a threshold where it matters for taste and it doesn't matter for quality? I've seen olive oil that have uh, the three, 0.03. Um, the lower the free fatty acids, the better. But there's also, you know, a little bit of a wiggle room in, in <laughs> the law, um, as, as we all know. Like so alcohol, right? Age. Alcohol in Europe. <laughs> yeah, laws, yeah law, laws are great. They're not perfect. But all I want really to emphasize is that uh, California is home of uh, about between 90 and 96 percent of the olive oil produced in America. So in California, we produce the majority of olive oil produced in America. However, we only produce about 5 to 8 percent of the national demand. So at one point, we all are going to buy olive oil that comes from abroad. So being educated about those standards, it's very important. Oh, of course. Well, this is great. Speaking with Orietta Johnny Oreo, who is a sensory evaluation expert, and she's down in Napa Valley, um, helping bring uh, what labeling laws, understanding, clarification, and consumer advocacy for for different uh, uh, niches of our food chain. This is first called olive oil. Of course, she works in honey and uh, chocolate, which is super fun. Um, I'm curious. I'd love to talk to you about chocolate again when we get past this olive oil thing. But um, how many olive oil? How many olives different? cultivars are grown in California? Um, we have about 150 to 200 and growing. Um, so we're, we're growing as an industry. It is the fastest growing industry, uh, fastest growing commodity. Okay. Well, of course, we have California is the land of plenty agriculture. We've got olives, we have almonds, we've got vegetables. Of course, we have wine uh, and lots of beer and lots of people. And one great person here online, Orietta Johnny Oreo, is uh, from Napa, the sensory evaluation expert. We're talking about olive oil here on Happy Hour Radio. So stick around, folks. Be right back on 570 KVI. Day the right way. The commute with Carlson, live and local, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now, more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right. Hey, welcome back. It's Happy Hour Radio. Time for round two. Hope you're out in the backyard doing some grilling or chilling or swilling. Of course, this is summertime, which we all live for in Seattle and Pacific Northwest. And um, it's the time for salads and for marinating. And one of the things we use in that is olive oil. I'm uh, speaking with Orietta. Johnny Oreo, who is a Napa Valley expert in sensory evaluation with olive oil, honey, and chocolate. Orietta, we were just speaking about the 200 different uh, cultivars or, or grape 
or I should say grape, um, olive varieties, if you will, cultivars grown in uh, California, and that's just part of the 2,000 globally. Which olives work best for olive oil? Well, there are some varietals, and, and again, those are many. We have uh, in in California, particularly, we started with the Mission. We have the Sediano. We have the Pacual. We now have some Italian varietals, Toscan Blend, Maurino, Lecino, Moraiolo, many, many. Interesting. It depends now, on your taste. Sure. And are, are olive oil cultivar olives um, good enough to eat? Because I think about cider apples. When I think about making cider... They use uh, apples that are are very bitter and very sharp and doesn't have a lot of sugar to make their cider. What about olive olives? Are are they all pleasant to eat by themselves, or some are just meant for uh, olive oil? Some are just meant for olive oil. Some are just meant for table olives, and some are dual purpose. So, for instance, the Sediano varietal, uh, popular in uh, in uh, Italy, starting to become excuse me, popular in Spain, starting to become very popular here. It's dual purpose. You can eat it. And you can also do an olive oil. Now, the olive oil, it's very unique, and it's kind of have its little niche. Not everybody loves it, but uh, if you do, it's a great olive oil. Interesting. Almost like a Pinot Noir. <laughs> okay. It just requires that special taste. I see. So when you ascend to a connoisseur, you enjoy that one, which I like. Um, when we think about olives, uh, it can you pull an olive off a tree and plant it? Will it grow, or do you have to graft it like we do uh, grapevines? In or tell me how an olive orchard becomes an well, olive orchard. Yes, the, the olive tree is very resilient, very adaptable. You do need a tree. You plant the tree. Uh, it's uh, you know um, it does very well uh, in, in in inclines and locations. Very much like wine. If you look at the Mediterranean bath and you'll see that the, the vines are there and very close is the olive trees. It grows very slow and it will, it will live for a century and remain productive uh, for centuries. In Italy and in Spain, there are trees that have trunks that are so large that you need 12 people holding their hands to go around the trunk. So it's just, uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful tree. Interesting. And when I think of olives, right? Um, obviously, grapes don't are self pollinating. Are are olives trees? Do they need bees, honeybees, or or other insects no, to help? No, they're self pollinated. They're, they're self pollinated, and they do have uh, some pollinator in the varietal. So for instance, Pendolino, it's a pollinator that is very popular in California. And uh, Koredeki, it's another one from Greece that is very popular as a pollinator. But yes, they're self-pollinating. And as a tree uh, gains size and grows, matures, does it uh, produce more fruit or is it like an old vine that produces less fruit? It produces just um, as, as much fruit if it's well pruned and well cared for. Pruning is really, really uh, an art when it comes to, uh, to olive trees and uh, irrigation as well. So it needs to really be cared for. And, and again, pruning and irrigation is fundamental. Well, when I think about olives, I think about the Mediterranean area. I think of Spain and Italy and Greeks and, uh, um, oh, there's the other ones down there. Uh, and, and those are dry, arid areas. Is, is that my, is my um, perspective a little skewed? Because when I think of California, I'm thinking it's sunny and, and hot. So irrigation is important, but do they grow better in sunny and hot climes? 
they grow very well in, in sunny and hot climate. They are extremely resilient. They adapt to very different climate conditions and soil. The only problem for olive trees is freezing temperature. They will die at freezing temperature, but they will do very well with dry farming. When we had that problem in California, still kind of have a little of the drought, the olive trees were actually doing very well, and some farmers were experimenting with completely dry farming. Now, you know very well, Chris, that dry farming will deliver different flavors profile because the tree, very much like the vine, will be stressed, and so it will produce different flavors and different flavors profiles. Interesting. Um, when you think of trees, of course, we think of here up in the Northwest in California, we have the pine trees. And so we think about pine sap. And of course, we have maple trees, too. We think about maple syrup. Is there any sap in an olive tree? And would that sap be similar to olive oil or would it taste kind of olivey? Uh, you know, Chris, uh, that, that I'm not uh, Nazis American. I'm, I'm, I'm Italian. So you have, to say, you have to tell me what sap is. What's the sap? <laughs> uh, le jus de, it's the juice of the tree, right? The, you know, like uh, maple oh, syrup. The juice of, you know, I have no idea. That's a great question. Never asked that question before, too. Interesting. So, don't and, know. Okay, and when, when I think of olives, uh, here in the Northwest, we grow a lot of cherries. And uh, are olive mm -hmm. trees like cherry trees where the olives are just on a little um, stem and they hang down? Or, or is it like a almond tree, so the almond is encased in something? Do you have to peel it? No, the olive, you don't have to peel the olives. And when you harvest the olives, you then uh, mill and grind the olive, the flesh, the pit, and everything. So how long does it take to in, in grind? Uh, so if I wanted to make, um, let's say, one liter, you know, 33.3 ounces of, of uh, olive oil, how many olives, pounds or kilograms of olives would I need? Uh, you know, that's a question I get all the time. And the problem is that 2,000 varietals of olives, they all have different shapes, <laughs> yeah. different sizes, and also different percent of oil content. Sure. Let's take the Sediano varietal, for instance. It's a large and juicy varietal, mm. but it only has about 5 to 6% oil content. So it's very hard to, to, to generalize when it comes to that. But one thing that I think it's important to point out is that olive oil is produced by harvesting, grinding, and centrifuging. Ah. And olive oil is a freshly squeezed juice of a fruit called olive. So freshness is of the essence. So when you ask me how long does it take to produce olive oil, the answer is no longer than eight hours. Interesting. From harvesting to grinding to, to having the juice coming out of your centrifuge machine. Sure, and I'm sure like just like pressing grapes, there there's uh, an urgency to make sure the fruit is in pristine condition. Um, what happens Correct. to once it's it's ground and into a centrifuge? Um, what happens to the olive oil then? Does it does it settle in a big vat so they can sort of uh, rack it, so to speak? Exactly. We rack it just as we do for wine. And then the suggestions from experts is that we filter the oil. Still, some producers feel that filtering can eliminate some flavors. There are studies that are coming from the University of Florence that are telling us that filtering actually eliminates the breeds that might damage the oil. My suggestion is to always filter uh, and then um, store the olive oil or bottle the olive oil immediately. That depends on the size of the producer.
I've seen uh, some olive oils labeled with specific cultivar of olive. Um, are uh, most olive oils mono variety or mono cultivar? Uh, some, but some are a blend. And, and listen, this is the same uh, the same concept in wine, right? When you have a Bordeaux blend, it was born in uh-huh. Bordeaux, and the idea is that the varietals grow there, and in Bordeaux they did the mix. Um, a Toscan blend for olive oil, it's a blend of Pendolino, Lecino, Maurino, and Moraiolo. <laughs> Why did they come up with that blend? Is because in Tuscany, they have those trees everywhere. They can't harvest one tree at a the time. They harvest all together, and they do a blend. I think that you can have a mono varietal and you can have blend just as you can enjoy a uh, 100% Cabernet Sauvignon or one day you want to have a Bordeaux blend, Cabernet, Merlot, Petit Verdot, Malbec, Cabernet Franc. Interesting. Now, considering those olives are all growing in different cultivars in the same field or same region, do they ripen at the same time? No, they have different type of ripeness, and that's when it becomes a, a, a work of art from the producer to really understand when it's the perfect time for all of them to be harvested. Are some olives, I mean, so every olive's green, but some tend to stay green, or will they actually all end up to be black? And what happens at the end of an olive's lifespan on a tree? Does it just shrivel up, or does a bird eat it? Yeah, it shrivels up or a bird eats it, both of them. And the more the olive hangs from the tree, the more the phenols content, the antioxidants, are spent to keep that olive alive. And once we get the olive, we grind it and we centrifuge it, the phenols content would be lower. And I like to remind everybody that the reason why olive oil is a healthy fat it's because of high level of antioxidants. Otherwise, olive oil, it's a liquid fat. It would be like taking butter, melting butter, and drinking butter. The reason why <laughs> olive oil is a healthy fat is because it comes from a fruit source, and it's loaded with antioxidants. Awesome. So we need to make sure. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, uh, speaking with Orietta Johnny Orio of the Napa Valley olive oil expert. Hey, we're going to jump into some olive oil right next. Stick around. Be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Tune it in and turn it up. Cruise home with Kirby. The Kirby Wilbur Show. Live and local. Weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. And you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Somalier, Christopher Chan. All right. Uh, I guess there is a Somalier for olive oil because I'm speaking with uh, Orietta Johnny Orio, who is a Napa Valley uh, sensory evaluation expert. We're talking about olive oil. Just talked about the cultivars, the the growth cycle, the harvest, the the process of producing olive oil, and um, now I want to talk about different areas of production for olive oil. Um, Orietta, I know when I go to the store, I'm always curious whether it's a Trader Joe's or it's Costco or it's the Safeways of the world. Um, And looking at olive oils, sometimes I see extra virgin, sometimes I see robust, sometimes I see extra light. But a lot of times I'll look at the back to see where it's from, and it always says it's a blend from a different variety of countries. How is that possible? Well, that's a great question, Chris, and it would take five days to answer. But here's what I want. 
for you guys to keep in mind. Look at the front label, extra virgin olive oil, first coat press. First coat press doesn't exist. It's the biggest lie of mankind on a label. Uh, olive oil is not produced by first coat pressing. It's produced by grinding and centrifuging. The front label is like going on a first date with a guy. <laughs> he looks great. He has a car. He has a beautiful suit. You want to go on a second date and start seeing red flags popping up. So what you want to be doing with olive oil is you want to turn the label, the bottle around, look at the back of the label, and look for only one information, harvest day. Ah. Olive oil is the freshly squeezed juice of a fruit called olive. Freshness is of the essence. If the producer is a serious producer, he's going to tell you how fresh is the freshly squeezed juice that he's putting on the label. Harvest date. Olives are harvested every October, November, and beginning of December of every year. Right now, the harvest date should be fall of 2019. And anything else doesn't matter. Okay. And if it comes from different countries, if it comes from different countries, the reality is a producer that puts the harvest date on a bottle of olive oil will not have uh, varietals that come from different countries. Okay. Well, excellent. Well, I can say that I know that we see that at our at our little uh, local Costco, <laughs> and pleased about that. Of course, we have to buy it by the gallon, which makes it for uh, kind of a, a high usage product. Um, how long is is olive oil uh, stable on the shelf, and how long is it stable in the kitchen once it's opened? And what's the best way to store it? So, a close bottle of olive oil depends from the varietal. The mild would be about fourteen months. The robust could go about 18 months uh, and maybe some varietals a little bit longer. If you don't know what you got, then 12, 14 months and you're safe. Uh, Once you open it, um, you have about 8 to 12 weeks. Okay. And it's okay on the the counter by the stove or should it be in a cool, dark place? away away from light, away from heat. Just like wine. Perfect. Excellent. Yeah, and let me ask that something. Do not put your olive oil in the refrigerator. It will not <laughs> it will not make the life longer and it would actually eventually create create some trouble. Interesting. I know that because you know the myth is if you put wine in a fridge, um, what the challenge is temperature helps the absorption of, of carbon dioxide and, and air at gas. So the liquid is actually absorbing more gas and holding it. Anyway, that's a science thing. Let's talk about olive oils. I've got two bottles here. Tell me about this producer. Well, the reason why I picked uh, this producer, Olivaya, Giulio and his wife, is because they are a microproducer here in California, and they represent so many microproducers that we have here. They really put their heart in pro- into producing quality product, and I think that we really need to shed a light on these guys that work hard. Absolutely. Okay, well, let me see if I can find a a website. It's very small print. It's uh www Olivia Oil. No, Olivia Olive. Right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. com. All right, so now they can play along. All right, so the first one I have here is the are we trying the the tall bottle first or the short bottle first? Let's try the the tall bottle first. Excellent. It is in a state Sevillano. Sevillano is one of the 2,000 varietals um, that we said are present in the world. Sevillano was born as a varietal for table olives. 
some people are now doing olive oil. Sediano is a very large, juicy varietal, and it really requires a specific, a specific taste. Uh, as I said earlier, it's similar to the Pinot Noir. You really need kind of a sophisticated palate to get closer to, to the Sediano. It's a varietal that I love particularly, and I have to tell you, the percentage of olive, of oil inside this olive is 5%. So anybody that produces Sediano is really out of love. Wow. Well, I'm smelling it. Of course, when you mentioned the term grassy, slightly herbaceous, uh, I'm getting some grassy notes, some herbal notes, certainly not nothing like a tarragon or, or um, anise or, or spicy. It, to me, this is um, very, basically just kind of like f- fresh cut grass. And then I tasted it. This is a very light, it, it has a very buttery, clarified butter feel on the mouth. I mean, it's really very soft and it expands and it's, it's kind of, it's really delicious to be honest. Absolutely. And the way that I describe the Sediano is being very meaty. It's like the, sometimes you can describe that those Pinot Noir that are very meaty. That's the way that I describe the Sediano. Very grassy, green almond, herbaceous, and, and kind of herb de Provence. It's uh-huh. that, that, that herb de Provence uh, aroma to it. A little in bit of mouth, sage in there, yeah. A little mild. bit of sage, yeah. Yeah. A little pepper. Yeah. Uh, in, go ahead. It, in the mouth, you said it. It's very buttery, very mild. So this is an olive oil that if people can deal with the robust of bitterness and pungency, this is their best friend because it's an olive oil that has high level of antioxidants. So you're doing something healthy for yourself, but you have that mild, buttery taste that Americans seem to like so much. <laughs> We've been uh, conditioned, of course, to uh, with all our marketing and advertising throughout the years. I can't believe it's not butter. Um, super fun. And th- th- what's a bottle? I mean, when we think about olive oils, a lot of time you go to the, the store and people are just inundated with pricing and then the shapes of the bottles and, of course, the romantic pictures. But again, we're looking for the harvest yeah. date. And then um, what's a reasonable bottle of olive oil cost? $20? You think you're, I mean, you're going to support an artisan, right? Yeah, well, it, it the price it really depends on uh, the varietal, the, the the producer. I want to say that you know a good bottle of olive oil can go from anything between eighteen to a little higher than thirty. It really depends on your budget, um, but um, but the the, the 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 smaller the producer is, of course, the more. Um, the more the bottle is going to cost. Sure. Also, Chris, yes. the, the, the cost depends on the type of orchard. If you have a traditional orchard, you are not going to be able to mechanically harvest. Right. If you have a high density, you are going to mechanically harvest. The price of olive oil, 70% is based on harvest and how much it's going to cost you. So that's also something to consider. All right. Well, these say hand harvested. Now we have the short bottle here. And uh, the shapes of the bottles, does that mean anything? Is that just a, a producer's preference? Oh, it's a producer's preference. All right. Uh, the short bottle, I have to tell you, it's, it's one of my favorites out there. Open it up, smell it, and tell me if you don't smell tomato leaf. I got tomato leaf. I do, right away. It's It reminds me of Chianti Classico. Yeah, so if you're in the summer uh, and you want a simple caprese salad, this is your olive oil. You put a nice slice of tomato, mozzarella, basil. You drizzle a little bit of this olive oil on top, and you're good to go. 
very healthy meal. The olive oil, it's a little bit more robust if you put it in your yes. mouth. It's got a little kick, a little pungency. And remember, these are your antioxidants. So that means that this olive oil is just a little slightly more slightly healthier than the previous one. <laughs> I'll take it. Well, the color is just a little little more dark. Um, and, of course, the flavor is a little more rich. Um, and it has a bit of tannin on the finish. So it tends to be more robust. It, it has that, uh, um, I, wanna, I don't call it a bite, but it, a, little bit of fr- a little bit of grip, which I think, but it, so it's clean. Yeah. And then yeah. it grips you, and then it kind of dissolves. So I get that, that robust flavor. Very interesting. Um, well, now, let me. Go ahead. Uh, Chris, before you, you, you move forward, um, I just want to tell you, we talk about uh, bitterness and pungency, and that's kind of, you know, what this olive oil has. It's got that pungency that is really, really good. I agree. I'm, <laughs> I keep tasting it. Um, and it's one of those things that we never pay attention enough to some of our olive oils, right? We buy it and we just we start using it. But I think it's important to really understand the flavors and the nuances of olive oil. And so I'm pleased to have Orietta Johnny Oreo here, the Napa Valley uh, sensory evaluation expert, uh, right here on Happy Hour Radio. Hey, we got one more segment. I'm going to talk about how to, uh, well, I'm going to wait for that. So stick around, folks. Be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Some say three is a crowd. We say the more the merrier. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Weekdays, 9 to noon, KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Somalier, Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back to our fourth and final segment. I have the lovely Orietta Johnny Oreo, the uh, sensory evaluation expert down in Napa Valley, talking about olive oil, especially Olivia's OliviaOlive.com. Um, Orietta, I've got a lot of O's today. We have Olivia Orietta, olive oils and olives. Uh, um, Orietta, tell me, uh, I've seen people put olive oil on their skin for suntan lotion. Are there health benefits there? <laughs> Stop doing that. Put some block. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Now, um, t- I put olive oil. I use olive oil to remove my makeup. I use olive oil for my cuticles, for my lips. I use it as an as a moisturizer, basically. Ooh, wow. Definitely not in the sun. <laughs> okay, just curious. All right, so um, how do I know? How long? I mean, I, we should always write the, the, the date on the bottles we buy, right? So we know that when we bought it. But how do you know that when the taste starts to change in olive oil? What are those little um, notes that we might pick up to help to help us understand that the olive oil is no longer as good as it should be? So when you buy a bottle of olive oil, make sure the harvest date is the freshest. When you open it, write in the back with a Sharpie when you open it, and you have about 8 to 12 weeks. And then after that time, bring it into the bathroom and do use it for, as a beauty product. Remove your makeup, cuticles, so on and so forth as a moisturizer. How do you know when it's turning rancid? Uh, it smells like all the peanut butter, wax, crayons. Oh candles, uh, all of that, it, it's, a, it's a sign that your olive oil is no longer good. And let me remind everybody, olive oil, it's a liquid fat. So do not think that you are wasting money if you are no longer using it, because if it's rancid, then it's a bad fat, 
without antioxidants. And you do not want to ingest that because that will be a problem for your health, for your arteries, for the, for the heart, and so on and so forth. Okay, interesting. So those uh, uh, tocophenols or ferols are, are just, they, they have a shelf life of an active life, I guess, uh, like most of us do, pretty active. Now, um, you are an active person in the olive oil, honey, chocolate uh, world industries. You were a judge for an olive oil competition. Tell us tell us how that works. and How is it presented to you? Is it in a glass? Is it on a piece of bread? What do you do? Well, we never taste olive oil professionally on bread because bread uh, kind of alters the flavors of olive oil. We have little blue glasses. In fact, color is no indicator of quality on olive oil because the olives might be harvested green or black, and a green olive will produce a freshly squeezed juice that is green, and a black olive will produce a freshly squeezed juice that is black. So it really doesn't matter. It's blue glasses. We taste with glasses, and very much like being a wine judge, we go through the smell, the taste, and the evaluation of quality. And once we evaluate quality, then we we really give more of an hedonistic beauty contest type of judgment. And I do that in in uh, United States and in Europe as well. And it's really fun. Uh, heavy because you might be tasting 50 to 80 olive oils a day. So it's a job, but it's fun. So uh, I would imagine it's hard to spit olive oil, isn't it? Or is it you take a big gulp and spit it, or do you take a little sip and a little taste and spit, or do you just absorb it? Because you're not actually, it's not alcohol, of course. Uh, yeah, well, the best advice I've ever received on my first competition of olive oil from his Spanish colleagues was you have to spit everything, olive oil that you taste, but also the water that you use to cleanse your palate, the yogurt, the apples, these are all things we use to cleanse our oh, palate. Good. I became so good at it that I spit everything, and that keeps me alive and vibrant to be able to taste <laughs> olive oil all day during a competition. But it's really hard because olive oil is thick, but it's never as hard as honey. Honey, you can't spit and you ingest it, and after tasting 80 honeys a day, you got a little bit of that sugar rush going. Oh, wow. Well, I'm sure you're probably yeah. off to uh, the, an insulin shot coming up. All right, let's talk about you. Yeah. You have a website, right? People can learn more about uh, Orietta Johnny Oreo. Yeah, my website is orietta.net, O-R-I-E-T-T-A dot net. Fantastic. Now, do you have uh, you, you have some information about honey and, and olive oil? Do you, do you have classes or anything like that? I do classes all the time. I have a stable class three times a week at Daryush Winery here in Napa. And I do classes with uh, Copia in Napa with different wineries. So if anybody's interested, they can look for me on Facebook. My Facebook is Only Professional, and um, and they can follow me. I'll post information about classes, or they can write me directly. Fantastic. This has been a real treat. I'm so happy we finally connected. Orietta Johnny Oreo, the sensory evaluation expert down in Napa Valley, California. Thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you, Chris. See you soon. Okay, absolutely. Hey, folks, hope you enjoyed that. I hope you got all the things. You know everything. You're an expert now, and now you got to go out and try it. Remember, find that date. And when you're out and about, these are the days you got to remember life is always better with the designated driver. Cheers!